sometimes every one of us falls into our own abyss, like this black hole that we just sink into. We don't quite know how we got there, but we know we're not in a good place. We sometimes even ignore that we've gotten here, but we just trudge on with the day. It's busy. Things have to get done. We have to go places. We have to meet or talk to people or check things off a list. But if we could sit with ourselves for a minute, we could admit that it just doesn't feel good. What do we do? What do we do when we just feel ourselves just sinking? Now, I'm not talking about burnout. I'm not talking about laziness. I'm talking about something else. I've talked about this before. Um, What I want to say today is this happens to the best of us and exactly what to do to get yourself out. Let's go. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you every week on topics on love, relationship, life hacks, organization. Understanding how to navigate life as difficult as it is as a Muslim, no matter where you are. We are currently at 4.4 million worldwide, and all over the world, we reach about 150 countries. One of the things I love the most is that I get to talk to all of you, and today's podcast is based on exactly what y'all have asked for, which I could say is something I'm hearing more often than not. I get these subject lines from women all the time that just literally say, help, whether it's in an email or sometimes it's in the DMs, alhamdulillah, we're all feeling a bit out of sorts. And I mentioned in the introduction about the abyss, this kind of black hole that we sink into. Not much going on there. Feel like you're just floating, surviving the day into another day. Things feel messy. Things feel like they're not going the way you want them to. In fact, sometimes things just feel messier and messier and messier. Sometimes the mess in your head ends up becoming the mess in your house or apartment. And it just builds and builds and builds, making for more anxiety and needing to crawl into the black hole to not have to deal with it. You sometimes wake up just not wanting to do anything because everything just feels like it needs to be dealt with. And you quite frankly don't have the energy. Does any of this sound familiar? You are not alone because it is something I'm getting messaged by a lot of sisters. So I want to talk about this. I call it the abyss, but and I'm not talking about, just to be really clear, I'm not talking about laziness. I'm not talking about burnout. That's, that's another podcast. Let's see if I can link below. I have talked about that before, how to tell if you're lazy versus burnout. What I'm talking today is just different. It's like things are just slowly feeling like they're not getting taken care of. And now there's so many of them, you know, people you needed to get back to, things you need to get done. It's like there's not enough time in the day. So why even do this? It's just not even possible. And you just kind of leave it all alone. And so I want to tell you exactly, you know, what you can do to fix all that in this podcast because I have had that no matter how many times in my life. You know, back in the day, let's say I wouldn't have done any of this. I wouldn't have had a strategy. I wouldn't have pulled myself out if I can be frank. I just would have cried, stayed depressed, and cried some more. So if that's you, I have been there too. And at the same time, I've now learned that that is not helpful because it then creeps into, like imagine if I feel horrible about the day, it's going to allow me to like to be good to other people. Now I'm going to feel horrible, right? So it's really, really important that we get a hold of it because it also can ruin relationships. It can ruin our chances at jobs. It can ruin our parenting as we don't talk to our children as kindly as we should or be as patient as we should. 
because we just can't. We don't have the capacity. And while it's never like, you know, it's not like I don't empathize with these things because I myself go through them. Even today, you know, I can do them, but I, but I respond to them differently. Before I didn't, I don't think I even responded at all. I don't think I even reacted. I just was just like, nope, just keep it moving and pretend these things weren't building up, but they are. And so today we're going to talk exactly how you can get to them right before I do. I want to give a shout out to all the sisters in the book club. Absolutely loving reading the secrets of the Quran with you. The other thing is I have a ton of freebies linked below. And I want you to know, like, it's really great that you listen to the podcast. But the best thing you can ever do for yourself is actually take action. Like today, I'm going to give a list of actionable steps on how to crawl out of your abyss in a way that's hyper realistic. I know, like, nobody wants any flowery things. Like, I get it. And I'm always keeping it real. So I will continue to do that. And this one will be like baby steps. No worries. But in the meantime, there's a bunch of other things. Like this podcast goes from women from 18 to sometimes 55. We have quite a range here. We have women who are parents who are trying to get married, women who are just in uni, women who are just, um, you know, having their first child, whatever. So I try to keep like a range of things that people can use. And so below I've linked any of the, the current free things that we have. Like we have a free PDF because I did something in the book club and I mentioned it about the internet and kids, it can be a scary place. So I want to make sure that you guys have that below. It's a PDF on how to kind of manage the internet in your house and devices. I have a link on that. It's totally free. You can download. The second one is we have a quiz on spouse seeking. A lot of people are in the process. Now it's really crazy because some people are in the process at the stage of just starting this process. Some have done it like five years and they're like, so done, stick a fork in me. I can't do this anymore. And some people are in the middle feeling kind of messy, not quite sure where exactly they need to go next. So what happens is you take the two-minute quiz and it tells you your very next steps based on your personal data that you put in. It just takes a minute or two. The other thing I have is the resentment workshop. You guys don't know a lot of the stuff that sometimes we're in the abyss is because we are just pretending like things are not bothering us that really, really are. When we leave those things to sit, it's it's a lot. So what the, what the resentment workshop does, totally free, it's May 27th, mark your calendar, May 27th, 11 a.m. It allows you to, to see what's really bothering you. And then we can get to the point of like what to do next about that, if that makes sense, right? But I suggest to you, this could be your calling from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to get you out of your funk and what you're going on right now. If you want to pause it right now, go below, click the link for the free resentment workshop so you can get in there and get some support. What we'll do is we'll just send you an email with the um, the actual um, like link as soon as it opens for the um, for the workshop. And it's really quick. It's just like maybe an hour, hour and a half of us helping you figure out exactly what's going on with you and some next steps, all right? So let's go into the podcast and talk about kind of this messy abyss, right? One thing I think is really important to highlight is that it doesn't matter how far you've come. This sinking feeling and like crawling into nothingness because I just feel like things are not going my way, um, things are piling up and... It's not so much anxiety, but like this, like almost this sadness, like sometimes you don't even want to get up in the morning because you don't want to deal with it. I've had that several times, but you know, we do anyway, because we have kids who need to be fed and sometimes we're just tired. But again, I'm not, I don't want to mistake this for burnout or, um, you know, in the overwhelm and the laziness. This is something else where you're just like, sometimes you're just quiet, quietly just want to be alone. You just want to be like down. You don't want to do anything. You're lacking motivation. You're just like, what's the point anyway? It's like the spark is gone out of your life. You know, it's like someone took that spark and went, 
you know what I'm saying? And so this is something a lot of women are experiencing. They're reaching out to me. So for example, I'm going to use like code names. I have a sister that was really, really um, going through a lot lately. She had worked really, really hard to um, do something in her business. I guess she had a business going and she said everything was going really well until there were some hiccups on certain things. And all of a sudden everything just nosedived. And you know, there was this place where she was like, I'm just going to give up and just throw my hands up. And I said, well, why are you going to do that? Do you, do you not believe in what you're doing? She said, I do believe in what I'm doing, but it's just clearly not working out. I'm not trying to force something that's not working out. I'm just going to give up. It just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, I've tried everything. And then I said, well, have you tried everything? And this is the thing I get from a lot of women. A lot of women are like, oh, I've tried everything. I'm like, I really refrain. Like I, I ask people to refrain from saying phrases like that because while you think you've done everything, you've probably just only done what you know to do. I'm going to say that again. It's not that you've done everything. It's that you've only done what you know to do. There are very, very, it's very likely there's other things that can be done. So what I encourage you to do, for example, was to say, well, instead of saying, well, what are all the bad things that are happening? Um, I said to her, like, well, what are all the missed opportunities? Like, if you could go back now and, like, fix things and make them a bit better, let's not focus on what's not going well. Let's not even focus on what's going well. Let's focus on, like, missed opportunities. Where's stuff that you never had time to explore? Like, what about this? I think she had some stuff in, like, marketing or something like that. And by the way, like, I coach women all the time. Like, this wasn't a coaching call, but, like, I do coach women, a lot of women who want to um, you know, do things to, you know, help themselves with women and stuff just because I've done this so long. But she was just like, I was like, I just want you to take note in a list of like what you think you, well, I was like, well, I actually, I could have partnered with this person and I could have done this and I actually never put this up. And actually, I probably could have wrote a, this little book and you know, I never did that. Like she was talking about small things that probably would take a couple hours of work each. And I said, well, do you think any of those things might help you to go in, go in the forward directions? Did you feel like you're stuck and you're stagnant? She's like, yeah, actually, any of these could take me off. I go, but you haven't done any of them, right? She's like, no, not really. I've just been busy. I was like, well, now that things are not going the way you thought, and so sometimes you have to pivot. Could you possibly pivot and do these? She's like, yeah, but there are a lot to do. I said, okay, okay, understood. Um, are there? Is there a way that you could ask anyone to help you with these? She said, yeah, well, actually, I have X amount of employees or whatever she had. I said, great. Do you think if you split some of these things up between them and you just manage them getting done that they might get done? She's like, yeah, actually, I could push this over and push it. So my point to you is this. You might not have a situation exactly like hers, but maybe it's in your house. Maybe it's like feeling like, oh, my gosh, the laundry's piling up. This is piling up. And you say, well, these are all necessary things to do. Like people have to eat. People need clothes. Yeah, but sometimes it can be more strategic than that. For example, I have a spouse that always needs their clothes done. Like, And every spouse needs their clothes done. But like because I do the laundry in the house, he does other things. My point is he wants his stuff every week because he, he he's very particular about what he likes to wear and he has a right to do that. I'm, I'm like that too, whatever. So the point is it was a lot of pressure for me because I would get behind. I would get behind in the laundry. So I was like, oh my gosh, he needs to do all this laundry because he needs his stuff. And then I realized at one point what he really just wanted were his things. So I was like, oh, I bet you I could just pull out his things, fold his things, give him his things. And all of a sudden the pressure was gone. I could take another day or two to go fold my clothes because I didn't care if my, I'd rather like do them when it was convenient for me. You know, the same thing with the kids. Like what was the big problem with the kids? Oh, they never have socks. Well, I just sat there and pulled out all the socks or my mom taught me a trick where you like pin the socks. Like I did all that and I was like, okay, did that take the stress off? Yeah. Could you fold some of those pants of theirs later because they don't really need them. They have enough in their drawers right now. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Like look at the laundry. Do you really have to tackle 
all of those loads? Or can you just pull out the ones that are urgent and do those first to take some of that pressure off yourself? Like that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes you have to think out the box a little instead of doing like an all or nothing. It's got to do it all or I suck. Now, I mean, I think we have to just be a little bit more creative, you know? And there was another sister who really, really just felt like um, things were not going well in her marriage. How many of us get those? I get those calls all the time. All right, I wanted to actually move into kind of how we could fix these things. And I want to tell you one more thing. Um, a lot of you have noticed that my audio has changed a lot lately. It's not as clear as it usually is. And I get that. And I really, really apologize. Even now, I just had to switch to another audio because there is an incredible amount of construction going on in my house. It has just been like weeks and weeks on end. And I have to run away. There's just drilling and sawing and hacking and hammering and everything you could imagine. And with kids, I can't just like leave this space, but I'm trying to find a quiet place. And it's not always the case. So in the last part here, I have to switch over and I do apologize, but it's actually almost done in the next week or two. And thank you for surviving with me. I want to really quick just get into kind of some like what you can do to get this um, out of this funk kind of that you feel and what I've always done. So step one is something I've always said, but I guess, you know, it's just all about reminding ourselves. Just little he came as a reminder. A lot of the things that he said, he didn't say it once. He said it over and over and over to the same people, to different people. It's really important that we understand that we're human. Allah knows we're going to make mistakes. That's why certain things are, are repeated in the Quran 50 times, 80 times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not come in Islam to a perfect people. He came to a people who he knew were working on themselves and they were going to go up and down. All right. So in that, in that spirit, I'm going to remind us here, instead of asking yourself, why is this happening to me? Why are things not going this way. I did everything I was supposed to do. I did this. I did that. Whatever it is. It wasn't supposed to be like that. No, no, no. Get out of your head. Instead of asking, why is this happening? Say, what is Allah trying to show me? There were times in my life where things weren't working that I knew I like felt I deserved because I had worked so hard, but I realized Allah didn't want that for me. It was actually going to be dangerous or toxic or something. So I just want to say like, Alhamdulillah for everything. He actually took my life and shifted it completely like a 180 to another direction I had never intended. I never thought I would be happy with. In fact, I never planned on. And it turns out it was the best thing in my life. I was able to do the same thing I wanted in the end, like kind of hit the same goals, but with way more ease. I would have never thought that. But if Allah hadn't challenged me in one area of my life to force me into another, you know, it would just never happen. So sometimes you got to go with that flow and say, what is he trying to show me right here? I also suggest next step, you actually journal about that. You will be shocked at the, like what you find, what you'll discover from just answering that question. Honestly, if you put it on paper, it's always best because you could actually get it out. If you guys are not into paper, I get it. Do an audio voice message to yourself on your iPhone or Android or whatever. Really, really worth it. The next thing is make da'a, whatever you find out about in that experience. And a lot of women are like, they listen to my suggestions. Um, some of them do it, some of them don't. The ones who do them, they see a huge difference. I just want to say the action piece, you actually taking a step. Like when I said before, I have all these links that could help you with these things in your life. You can be like, oh, that sounds great. But then if you never do anything, right, you never you never take a step to fix your own life. I, I can talk all day and it sound really nice. Hopefully it sounds nice, but you know what I mean? And then it's not going to go anywhere. So I really want change for you. And I want you to know by asking yourself instead of why, what, you're really forcing yourself to see what's really going on 
and to talk to Allah about the way it makes you feel. Make dua about it. Make dua about it. The next thing is take an Islamic inventory check. I find when I sink into these deep abyss, I usually start to slack off on Salah or Quran or anything because I just have no motivation. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, inshallah later. And sometimes it's just not even on my mind. Like sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to pray. Like forgot. Like cause I just, I fall into my own emptiness. And, you know, I don't do that as much now as before. Um, like that was something I did a while, long time ago before I had these strategies. But what I'm trying to say is like, even if you have grown, like I feel like I've grown over the years, it doesn't stop everybody's going to fall into these once in a while. You know, people who say they don't, I just, I really don't believe them because it's a human thing. It's a human thing. And I feel like we're, we're always just trying to put on our best face and if we could just keep it real. And so my thing is like, the more you do this work, the less you stay in that abyss, if I can imagine. Like, so before I would stay in that abyss for like months, God forbid a year or two. Now I could pull in and out of it in a week or two. You get me? Like, it's a faster pace. Like, I feel it. Sometimes I don't realize it's happening. That's why it actually takes that long. I'm like, whoa, whoa, where am I going with this? Okay, let me sit down and talk to myself. Like, what is actually happening here? But you pull out of it. So it's a very human thing, right? Okay, so taking Islamic inventory, what do I mean by that? Like, your Quran, your Salah, how is it going? If you could really rate yourself. Like, in, um, we have a rating system inside of Ramadan. We do a lot of rating. And I want you to do that, as cheesy as that sounds, on 0 to 10. Like, how's your salah in terms of you showing up on time? You can rate yourself right now. How focused are you in that salah? Your Quran. When you pull away from those because you're falling into this abyss, it actually only exacerbates the emptiness. Because now you're disconnected from the, the, the creator. Like you've cut yourself from the dunya in a way and falling into your own self. And now you're cutting yourself off from the al-khalaq, the creator, the one who's going to give you the best of everything to fix everything. You know, alhamdulillah. I had this question I posed to the, the book club ladies um, the other day. Just absolutely amazing ladies. Absolutely amazing women. We have this free book club that I do like maybe a couple times a year international perspectives and it was so adorable because like one sister was saying something she had achieved and another sister was finding the ayats of quran when allah said he would help the believer in that so she was like this is why you had success boom and the other sister's like this and she's like ah oh, here's your ayat of quran because we're studying the quran in the in the throughout a book through a book in the, um, the book club so anyway subhanallah it was so nice to see them kind of like complete each other in that way and so subhanallah what you really find you know, is that it moves into the next and last thing I want to say, which is, if possible, get an accountability partner. Like what we did in Ramadan inside of uh, Mindful Muslims, we had like Ramadan buddies. And what we did is we had paired two women up together that they could be buddies to hold each other accountable for Quran reading and things like that. Like we have normally like, you know, the entire group is together, but we wanted to make it a bit more personal. So we gave them two. Then we moved into the idea recently of getting them into triads, three people. So it doesn't even just have to be you and another person. Um, for my husband, for example, and I, he's my accountability partner for exercising, 100%. I can't tell you how many times he did not want to exercise where I was like, listen, we're going. And vice versa, he does it to me. Or when we both felt really tired and we're like, well, what if we just do sit-ups at least today and just a little bit of cardio, 10 minutes? Like we would just push each other. And I still do that with him every day and every week. And that's how we keep each other in shape. And we do it by renewing our intention that we're doing it for each other. But even if you don't have that with your partner, it doesn't mean you can't 
do exercise. It just means you can do it with a girlfriend or somebody else. Like, for example, right now inside of the, the Telegram, a lot of you guys are really enjoying the Telegram that we got going. One of the extensions to the Thrive Muslim Sisterhood is we put this telegram, right? And instantly, just like the Ramadan buddies, the women are like, hey, like, let's do a thakar, like, do astaghfar a thousand times today, or, you know, Quran this, or wake up for fajr that. And they're already buddying up to, together naturally and on their own to support each other. And, and that is so human. We have just made it so bad. Like, oh, I'm such a bad Muslim. I'm such a loser. I'm such this because I can't do it by myself. I should be able to self-motivate. No. In these messaging they've given everybody these days, this is never the way it was. Islam was always a community. And when we put things together at mindfulness, when we always do it with that aspect, that community is is key. It's 100% necessary. So just to recap and kind of like what I went over, you know, I mentioned to you that you have to go from why to what. You have to get the make that connection to Allah. Ask him. And that was one of the things the sisters were saying also in the book club this weekend. Like they were like, Oh my gosh, you know, I asked Allah to help me figure out how to do this and to love whatever he he chooses for me and then to find a way to emotionally deal with it. Like that's it. That's the da'a. It doesn't have to be in some book. You know, reading these these adhkar out of the books of, of the Sahaba and the Prophet, peace be upon him, is absolutely incredible and amazing and necessary. But to sit down with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your with your hands there, begging him for help is also suggested by the Prophet, and there is no script for that. That is incredibly personal, right? I love you all for the sake of a lie. I encourage you, if you're feeling like you're falling into this abyss, or you know anybody else who is, um, you can always re-listen to the podcast. You can share it with that person, but try to take some action. I gave you very small steps. Ask yourself a question, right? If we're doing no self-reflection, how can we do anything? I said even better if you could journal it, or audio Message it on your phone to yourself, like answer that question, then play it back. Listen to what you said. It's powerful. It is. And don't forget to join us in the resentment workshop before the seats are filled up. There's a link below. It's totally free. May 27th, 11 a.m. Can't wait to see you there. I'll catch you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.